I just want to create a museum that would keep the automotive history alive. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Tori Mathis, and I'm here with the one and only Sean Mathis, founder of Miles Through Time Automotive Museum. What's going on? And I thought today I would ask you a couple of questions about Miles Through Time. Ooh, goody. Sean's a new business owner. How long has Miles Through Time been open? Uh, since 2017. So since 2017, Sean has been running Miles Through Time Automotive Museum all his own idea out of his head opened from nothing well opened one from one car but not, but there was nothing to get him started he didn't take over from something else he started with zero right from scratch yeah no no budget even i mean nothing there was nothing no there was not even any pre-planning there was i mean I, I had that concept to you know to do it in the 20 years or so into the future when you know we had more than one car uh, and that's pretty much where i'd left that because there was so many other things going on that it wasn't top of mind to really kind of dive in and, and figure out all the tiny pieces that need to be figured out so yeah I, I, I had no pre-planning on it whatsoever so you know lots of people starting their business go through really difficult times and challenges. It's all brand new. There's so many different things that you have to learn. When did you know that Miles Through Time was going to be successful? <laughs> when did I know? Yes. You know, I'm an optimist, so I pretty much assumed it would be. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's not knowing anything about any of it, really. I, I didn't know the museum industry. I mean, I'm, I'm an automotive enthusiast uh, in all aspects of it, but by no means was I ever an expert in any of it. And um, I, I mean, I, I honestly, I just, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And yet I was pretty confident it would be successful if I could just do what I thought needed to be done. What was your benchmark then for success? Uh, you, you know, again, really, I, I mean, I didn't even know what kind of expenses I'd have to operate this kind of a thing. So uh, in my mind, if people came in and found that there was a museum there and found joy in visiting, I, I take it as a win. When um, you had to move locations, um, what made you decide that that was good, like you, that you did for sure? Because moving was, was huge, like that was a big ordeal. Um, what made you, once you knew you had to change locations, what gave you the confidence to move forward to go to another location and start again? So we moved in at the end of 2019. I made the decision at least to move at the end of 2019. So we had uh, 17 and 18. We had almost three years of actually being open to the public. And in that time, I watched how popular the museum got both in in-person visits and our online presence as a brand and i towards the end there i i pretty much knew that i was bottlenecked i mean it, it was like a a fish in a fish tank i just there was no getting any bigger uh simply because we didn't have the space for it 
Uh, and so I knew that if we could just get bigger, like if, if like it didn't need to be a, a whole lot bigger, I just I needed more space and the, the ability to do what I thought needed to be done to to really hone it in as a museum. Um, and so when the opportunity came to move into the new location, which was larger, uh, which also enabled us to be open more often, which was another issue that if if the museum was open it before, it meant that I was there, you know, so I can only dedicate so much time to it. And, then, and again, the museum was growing to the point that it required more of me. And I just I didn't necessarily have it anymore to give at that point. Um, and so in moving, we got more space. We were able to open more. It literally checked the box for everything that I felt we needed to get to the next level. And here we are uh, almost a year into the, the new location during a uh, pandemic, right? Uh, and it was the most successful year we've ever had in all the years combined was this this last year was the most successful year both in online traffic and, and building the brand and awareness and physically people coming into the museum to enjoy it which was awesome so in moving to the new location you actually had to raise the price of admission raising prices is a huge issue for so many entrepreneurs like it i think is one of those things that just people get stuck at so you had to raise your prices. What gave you the confidence to do that? And what advice could you give other business owners that, that think maybe it's time to raise their prices? Uh, so I, I think it came down to value. I mean, it, initially the museum for, for what it was from the beginning was $5 to come in. Uh, it was so low that if you were into seeing anything that was in the museum, you'd be willing to pay $5. And, and so in taking that same kind of concept to the new location, I, I felt we provide more of a museum experience. There's more to see. There's more to read um, that, you know, increasing the price $2 is more than justifiable. And honestly, I think we could increase it even more. Um, but we're not going to do that just yet because we have plans to expand even larger and that's where the price increase will come in. And I, I can already tell there's going to be a preset, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to get to where some of these like big museums, I mean, they've got a, you, it costs you $20 to get in and then the whole family, you're, you're looking at a hundred bucks just to go. That's not what miles through time will ever be. It's still, you know, as affordable as possible, but then at the same time, it is still a business that although it's a nonprofit, we still need money to be able to operate. I mean, we, there, there's display cases that need to be built. We're constantly getting uh, offers to purchase collections and, and various items that if, if the museum had a larger budget, I'd love to be able to then, uh, you know, get those special items that somebody, you know, they're not in a position to donate to the museum, and so their only option is to sell it, but they'd like it to be in a location like the museum so that people can enjoy it. Um, so I'd really like to be able to get to the point to where we can make those things happen. And the only way to do that is by admission. And so the way to do it is increasing the amount of people that come in 
and increasing the admission price itself without going crazy. So with, with predetermined phasing of the museum, knowing that I plan on making it go from you know 10,000 square feet to 30,000 square feet, in that transition, we're going to offer more value, more things to see, more things to read, that I can then justify another small incremental increase in price, which in turn will also increase the number of people that go in, and it'll all just kind of balance itself out. So what advice would you give to business owners that are thinking of raising their own prices? I would look at what it costs to operate their business. Um, you know, you, you, you want to make things as affordable as possible for your clients or customers or, in my case, visitors. But at the same time, uh, you undercharge for how expensive it is to operate. You're killing yourself slowly. And I almost experienced that in Tacoa. Uh, which was where the original location of the museum was. I mean, we just, it, it was you know, $5 and the amount of people that were coming in, it, it wasn't adding up real quick. And uh, electricity was draining the account, uh, just paying that electricity bill. So, I mean, you, you, gotta, you gotta be really aware of those kinds of things before it's too late. So if you, I mean, you don't have to, necessarily double prices or anything like that. And maybe you've got to just get more people to be aware of your business and sell more product or do something like that. Um, and I mean, it's, it's okay, especially with, with inflation being an average of 3% every year, like prices will go up. It, it's, it's fine. And in, in creating the automotive museum guide that we have, automotivemuseumguide.com, which shows all the museums, automotive museums across all of North America. That was something we created uh, to help not only museums like Miles Through Time, which is a small museum, but other automotive museums that may be smaller than some of the larger ones like Peterson, so that visitors could find them. I, I saw firsthand that if somebody was willing to come into Miles Through Time, they were also going to be willing to go into another museum. And these museums only survive if people are visiting them. I mean, it's expensive. Heat, electricity, gas sometimes. Uh, their marketing, whatever it is, like, they have to pay for that somehow. And a lot of times it's by people coming in there and seeing it. Some of them have you know, very wealthy benefactors and it's not necessarily as important, um, but it's not the, the mass majority of them. And, and recently I've, I sent out a, an email to a lot of automotive museum people. Uh, they, they're either the founders or owners or employees of it, whatever the case may be. And when did we start Automotive Museum Guide? It was started... Two years ago? 18? Three years ago, yeah. Yeah. So it's been a few years since we initially started it. And so going back, I've seen museums close, museums open, and just recently, I've seen the increase in their admission prices. I mean, there was one I updated that was $4 to get in. That's now $8 to get in. Uh, I mean, across the board, a lot of them, they, they, they're raising their prices. Because if they don't, their other option is closing the doors. And, and I mean, that's not what you want to have happen. When you raised your prices, did you find that there was any pushback? Zero pushback. Even from people that had come in? Because you have people that knew about you in Tacoa and then have come in again 
quite a few times maybe um, at the new location. Uh, any pushback? The only thing I got was some random ass uh, review on Google, I think it was, where they just weren't happy with the entire experience. And so I, if it was a dollar, they wouldn't have been happy. So you think that was just somebody that was just going to complain anyway, no matter what? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm chalking it up to. Okay. I mean, for the most part, like it's still, it's super cheap. And not only is it cheap like that, if, if somebody was able to visit frequently, local or semi-local or whatever the case may be, it's designed to then get a season pass, you know, which I think the individual season pass is $36. Like, I, no, I have no intention of nickel and diming people all the time. So if they really want to frequent the place, that is the route they would go. And then they could come seven days a week all year long and, I mean, totally get their money's worth out of it. Uh, but there, in, in the museum world, there's also a, a level of uh, security. Like, I, I only want certain people to go into the museum and that's just because I want people that are actually into what they're seeing to go in there that are going to have more respect because it's all I mean it's expensive stuff in there that belongs to people that you know I've been to car shows where uh, I would never go back to any of my cars and it's just because there's people out there that aren't car people and a lot of times they just they don't know like if you're not a car person and you're like, what are you talking about? I can't, I can't lean on against the car. You know, why not? Uh, if you're a car person, you'll you'll know there's you know buttons and belt buckles and watches and rings and the, uh, the oils in your fingers. Like you don't, we don't want those on the cars. But if you're not a car person, you, you, I mean, you don't even think about that kind of stuff. So not only is you know now that the museum's a nonprofit, admission is like our main source of generating revenue but it, it also is a deterrent to just prevent just random people off the street from coming, hey, what is this you know I, I don't need any of that either in the years that you've been open what has been the biggest challenge the biggest challenge hands down is just getting people to know it's even there I mean that is definitely the struggle even from a, a local standpoint uh, it seems like no matter what you do, there's still people that just, they're, they're not going to know it's there. Um, you, you can run ads in paper. You can, I mean, we were on Good Day Atlanta twice. Uh, I mean, you can have the billboard. I mean, you can do all kinds of things and it's still it's just people aren't going to know you're there. Uh, we have large events. It's going to get more people, but I mean, it's a constant, almost daily basis where someone's like, I didn't know you were here. So then it just comes down to time. You got to keep being out there in front of people and letting people know you're there and then give it enough time for more and more people to know and then have obviously a good experience in there that they want to then tell their friends and family, hey, this is a place you want to go. And even in this, this last year in the museum, I've had multiple people go in there multiple times that came in initially and then they're like, oh, my dad or you know whatever would love this place and then they wind up coming back with their you know loved one or friend or whatever the case may be and and seeing it all again and you know i change it so usually when they come back it looks different than they even saw it in the first place which then puts it in their mind that holy cow this place changes that they'll, they'll come back again and again and if they got friends or family that comes into town again that that is a place to go and it's open every day all year long, which was a huge 
drawback in Tacoa when it was at the old location. I mean, I, I was closed by October completely and not even open until April. I mean, that's a lot of months for just nothing. And that came from the amount of people that came in didn't justify being open. I mean, I would have had to charge, you know, hundred bucks a person to come in and I'm like obviously that's not going to happen so that I mean that that hands down and I, I know that across the board for all of the museums probably most businesses you, you just think you got to know they're there so in starting automotive museum guide and then in a lot of visiting automotive museums and I think this goes with probably a lot of you know small businesses just in general what do you see across the board for mostly the smaller museums, some of the biggest mistakes that you see that they're making, um, changes that they could make maybe to um, be a little bit more successful or the changes that they could make that um, would maybe get them out there a little bit more? I have seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen mistakes I've made, um, like the not being open as often as they should. And, and that comes from, you know, maybe it's, it's the, the guy that's there when he can be, you know. Call, see if you catch him. And, and they may be in a different situation than what I was, and it doesn't really matter. It's like their collection there. Um, but most of them, if they're not, you know, the Gilmore or Peterson or uh, Brumos or one of those massive museums, they're just they're not marketing their museum. I mean, they, they may or may not have a website. It may or may not be accurate. Uh, they may or may not have a Facebook page. I mean, there's all kinds of... I, in adding, adding these museums, I searched on Facebook and I searched by state on Google to find automotive museums. That is how I collected all of them. And I didn't find all of them. <laughs> I found most of them. But then some people would contact me and be like, oh, what about this one and this one? Or I'd find it some other way because you know, maybe they did have a Facebook page and it like auto-populated when I was tagging another one. I'm like, oh, what is this one? But it was not obvious to find them. And that is a major, major issue. I mean, and there's, there's some that, you know, you either get the, the date on the bottom of the web, the web page that shows when it's updated. Like some of them were... Uh, like 10 years ago. So then, then, and, and that's the other thing, is Automotive Museum Guide is not a new concept. There are all kinds of web pages out there that list automotive museums. They're all out of date, all completely inaccurate, because I scrubbed those as well to see, you know, who else has already collected a list of museums. And, I mean, that they... they there, it's it's up and down. It's just that they go out of business, new one comes, uh, they close up shop and nobody knows they did. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there that if you just looked at their website or their Facebook page and didn't like really dive into when the last post was or when the website was open, you'd think that shit was still open. It had been closed for like two years. I mean, it's it's crazy, especially in the museum world, like TripAdvisor and some of these other ones, like they're just they're not there and that that if they would just complete everything that there was to complete it, it would be so much easier to find them so i i was i hope that the automotive museum guide at least helps a little bit because now no matter what i forced a listing for them um, 
but even that, like I, I'll do my best to keep it as updated as possible, but it's got to take a little bit of effort from these people. If people were thinking of starting their own um, automotive museum, what advice would you give them? Don't do it. <laughs> uh, now, I, I mean, yeah. it really comes down to why they would want to do it. So there's there's another museum that's near Miles to Time, kind of, and it is just a guy's collection of cars. And when he dies, the museum's gone. All the cars will go off to auction. So it's cool while he's there. But there's no lasting effect for it. Um, so as long as that's which you know the route you wanted to do, or or there's there's guys that uh, uh, is there Muscle Car City in Florida, impressive collection, like massive collection of muscle cars. Uh, he got tired of it <laughs> this last year and sold it all off at auction, gone. Um, so, I mean, it, it just like, why, why would you do it? Because I've also been to some private collections where they could be museums. They're not, even though they might call them their museums. They're, they're just their, their collections. Um, but nobody can really enjoy those. So, I mean, it, what, do you, what would you want? Like, is, there, is it because you want to say, hey, look at all my stuff? Or do you want to create something that would just be there you know for me we created miles through time to outlast us I mean, we wanted to create a legacy that hopefully miles through time will always be there it'll be one of those you know in 20 30 years you will refer to miles through time the same way you would the peterson museum in la that's that's what i wanted um i i don't care that it's you know, my collection or my this or my that or any of that kind of stuff. It's, you know, we didn't have all this stuff, like I said at the beginning, to just go out there and create a museum. I mean, we literally had just one car and nothing else. But what we did have was Tori's ability to create a business uh, digitally, you know, whether, you know, from the from the name to the logo to the website and, and all of our printed materials and all that. And then it's just the brick and mortar part was just collecting cars and the time and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that's figuring it out along the, the road. So, I mean, but we created it to, to just keep going. There's no, I mean, there's really no end in sight. There's no, oh, when I get tired of this, I'll just sell it all. Like it's not even mine to sell. You know, it's just, I just want to, create a museum that would keep the automotive history alive and other people's family heirlooms, you know, appreciated. And I mean, it, it, it means a lot to me with my grandpa's car being the founding car of it. And so that, that, that's why I want, I want it to be the way miles through time is, is that it's there, but I, I that's not for everybody. So, I mean, it, it depends. Do you want to create a museum or you just want a, a cool place to, to hang out for cars? Um, and I will say it, it is a shit ton of work. I mean, it's, it's hard. Even if you had a collection, you know, going back on the, the uh, amount of 
work it takes to even get people to know you're there and and build, like it's it's a ton of work um, and it, i mean it's it's really not easy to do it by yourself either so now you've got to get people uh either to volunteer and help or you're i mean you're you got to pay some people to to help you to really get it to where it needs to be um so i mean it, it, it's and i get it all the time where people are like oh a bunch of cool cars in there like you have no idea how much work this has taken to even get it this far. And yes, I'd love to have it even, you know, more and bigger and more stuff and, and, you know, more impressive, but like it's going to take time. So I, I would just say, make sure you realize how much work is involved and is that really what you want to do? With Malachi Time, what are you most proud of? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm proud of the whole thing, really. Um, I've got a, a guy named Truett Phillips. Truett came in to the museum when it was in Tacoa uh, at the original location. He had nothing to do with the museum uh, officially, and yet he brought in a couple cars almost from the very beginning. And over the course of months of him actually being in there enjoying the entire the entire concept of the whole thing and i really got to know him and uh, he was on the same page as me as far as you know what our vision was for the, what the museum was and he volunteered all kinds of time and uh, money to do things we wound up building a service center in the original location around a couple pumps that were already there and um it was actually him that with his son connected me to the new location of the museum that uh, otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't have even known it was going to be an option. So in transitioning, I actually brought him on board and made him an executive director of the museum, which made him you know, official. And uh, he, he embraced the entire concept. And it, it's because of him that we have the built-in exhibits in the museum. I told him was it that last week. I'm like, I can collect and play Tetris with the cars. Like, I have no, I, I, I can, I can talk to people and, and get people to to come on board and be a part of it, and I can play Tetris with the cars so we can make them fit. I cannot build a replica town. <laughs> I cannot build a a um, fountain shop. I can't build a a replica of a Phillips 66 station it's not in my wheelhouse and honestly if it was I don't have time for that so to have him be an official part of the museum and and be able to bring that value to it and have those things on display uh, it, it's awesome and I'm, we have a an entire town in there there's a general store decked out with you know candy and, and all the stuff that you would see in a general store I, I would have never done that. I mean, I, I'd focus on the cars and stuff that I know I can uh, I can accomplish. So being having him on there and be a part of all this and being able to create those things and then the vision that the two of us share to expand on what milestone time is to add stuff like a movie theater marquee and and you know, more things. Just there's all kinds of ideas that we have. Like I need him. For that kind of stuff so having him on board is like that's 
that's the best part of it. So last year you did a world record attempt where you were able to raise over $10,000 for OUR. You um, have decided to bring raising money into the entire plan for Miles Your Time. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, with the, the Guinness part specifically? No, with the plans that you have coming up. Ah, the plans. So uh, I've, I've had a fire truck before for the museum. We no longer have the fire truck when we transitioned and, uh, from one location to another. Uh, long story, not getting into it here, but I've still wanted to get another fire truck because I think it's really cool to have this interactive exhibit that obviously all kids love fire trucks. Well, most adults love fire. Like I love fire. It's cool. Um, and in the new location, we have uh, an original fire call box and hydrant and all that stuff that's right there where the fire truck will go, uh, which is outside of the museum. So which it, it also acts as a you know, billboard that, hey, you know, go where the fire truck is. You like big shiny red truck. You can see it. So it has many purposes to it. And so I, I'm constantly looking for a fire truck. I have no budget for a fire truck. But I'm constantly looking for one. And so I recently I found one and it was better than what most of the fire trucks I find are uh, in the fact that it's got brand new tires, it runs and drives, and it's a fully functional fire truck. It's all there, shiny and pretty, uh, 1984 La France. And so in thinking that, I'm like, well, that's not just a fire truck that sits there on display. Like, we could actually use this thing. We could take it to events and do things and all kinds of stuff. Like my mind starts going crazy on it. And so I, it's like going back to the Guinness record, like the museum didn't make any, like we raised all the funds for charity. It all went to Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, although the museum and we, we did it, the museum didn't financially benefit from it directly from any of that. And that's simply because like not everybody cares to to donate money to an automotive museum and, and i i get it um and, and but in saying that the fire truck could generate money uh but I, I like the museum doesn't necessarily need like we need donations obviously but we we could do so much more with it so i had the idea to take this fire truck and use it to raise funds for another charity. So miles through time gets the, the benefit of, you know, we've got this cool exhibit on display and we can go to events as miles through time. But the fire truck itself actually will be used to raise funds for a charity. And in this case, it would be Caleb's cause. And all this, all the money goes, 100% of it goes to Caleb's cause. And that, the Caleb's cause, what it does is they help families that have had sick kids, uh, sick kids really, that, and now their, their uh, medical bills because of that uh, puts them in some pretty hardship situations. And so Caleb's Cause helps alleviate that financial hardship for those families that have the sick kids that may or may not have made it through. Um, and, you know, and Tori and I were both like, it's kids, animals, and veterans. So kids is at the top of the list there. And I can only imagine 
uh, if we personally had to go through something like that. And I found Caleb's Cause because I go to car shows and local events, and I'm connecting to all kinds of people. And uh, I, I know of this charity specifically, and Tori and I, we were both at a car show in Gainesville last year where they were raising money specifically for a little girl that was sick. And uh, sadly, as of a couple months ago, she, I mean, she, she didn't make it. Um, but they were able to raise so much funds, and they, they do it just through car shows. And I, I like we have the resources to do so much more than just raise money through car shows. We can go to car shows and be a part of it. But being able to utilize this fire truck to then help generate more funds for this Caleb's cause. Uh, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's nothing that like we don't have the time to go out and create some charity and do all this kind of stuff on our own when there's already something there that exists. And again, it, it's great for miles through time, but it's, it's even better to help a completely separate charity from the museum. Uh, and it, it's, I mean, it's a full circle win-win. Uh, especially, I mean, if, if the kid is, is there that they're raising funds for, and we can get them in the fire truck and do all kinds of cool things. And it, it takes the ability to go off-site from the museum and still you know, connect everything automotive-wise together, which is, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Very cool. So what are your future plans for the museum? You have possible uh, making the museum bigger. You have the fire truck. What else do you have? on your radar for Master Time? We need to get those Tesla chargers installed. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Tesla chargers that need to be installed at the museum. Um, and then the, the, the big thing is, is getting the additional space. Once we get that additional space, it takes the museum from 10,000 to 30,000 square feet. Uh, it also gives us our own dedicated entrance for vehicles. Uh, right now, it is not an ideal situation to bring vehicles in and out, but we make it work. Uh, so getting the additional space and, and being able to freely move vehicles in and out whenever we need to would be a huge uh, asset to the museum. Plus, it would give us our own dedicated restrooms and a lounge area for people to actually hang out in the museum. Where right now, like it's it's packed full of stuff to to look at. There's there's chairs here and there, but there isn't really a, a dedicated space for it. Uh, so getting all that kind of stuff back is is huge because we had kind of a, a lounge area in our own restaurant rooms in the uh, in the original location which then shrunk our actual museum down that much more um, so in the space we have now we don't have any of those things but then the museum's larger so it's a give and take on all that um, but I'm like again my vision for increasing the the museum is is a uh, pretty elaborate in my head and when, and what it is is we have the town and all that kind of stuff in the in the space we have now and the plan is to transition the entire current museum into permanent exhibits. So any of the vehicles that have been donated to the museum that will stay in there long term, we'll build specific exhibits with them so that every, every picture you take is a, you know, Instagrammable photo. And then the new space will all be any of the cars that may frequent the museum, come in and out uh, more often and have more of the turnover cars in the newer section. Uh, but it obviously it would all be connected as one. Um, and I mean, once I do that, we, we can, there's a um, specific vintage pedal car exhibit that we have uh, on the back burner 
There is uh, vintage bicycles. There, there's, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff if I just had the room for it. And honestly, like, if it was 100,000 square feet, I could fill that. But then I think we'd wind up having some uh, financial issues on making sure we could cover the cost of that large of a building. So I'll be content with the 30. I think that would be an impressive um, museum. Awesome. So if people wanted to find you, find Miles Through Time, where can they find you online and where can they find you? Uh, Miles Through Time is uh, on every social media, mainstream social media outlet, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Motorciety. Um, what else is there? Website? Oh, the website itself is milesthroughtime.com. And then where are you located? In Clarksville, 583 Grant Street. Clarksville, Georgia. Awesome. So if you are into cars, Master Time is an amazing place to go and check out. Uh, not too far from the Atlanta Metro, just about an hour out. Um, so definitely make the trip. And if you have any you know, questions for Sean about automotive museums or how to run an automotive museum, you can probably reach out to him on social media. He's always willing to take some questions from people. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we will see you on the next one. And if you're not anywhere near Miles or Time, you can go to automotivemuseumguide.com and see which ones are near you. Especially if you take a road trip, you can plan around that. Awesome. If you want to get smart tools to build your business, go to bsmartal.com.